Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. This isn't about a computer, you know, you know get into some space world technology. This we can't tackle. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I don't know. That's a great point. We were, we were like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. And, you know, we... Uh... I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. <laughs>
shaky ground. And that would be the, like the ultimate nail in the traditional like conference alignment of college football when Clemson and Florida State and Miami and North Carolina decide to leave. But they might not be able to because of the, the grant of rights deal. Right. Well, I'm saying that expires in 2029, right? And so people think that, uh, okay, so so what next? I would be shocked if there wasn't a big um, shift, but, uh, a, a big new uh, development between now and then. But forward thinking, like in 2029, are they really set up as a conference that has – leveraging power to land a tv deal that would rival the big tens pat i i think it, it goes to 2036 i think oh really yeah i if I it's, definitely, it's definitely in the 30s yeah i, I think it's I, like mid 30s but with yeah obviously with each passing year the buyout becomes yes. a little bit less but i'm sorry it's, it is just kind of like a waiting game yes but um, but uh, uh, or, or jack i is there a buyout? Because I, I didn't think there was a, a buyout involved. I could be wrong. I I, I guess I, yes. I, I don't know precisely. It costs 100, 120 mil if you get out early. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems like it's maybe not like a, a standard buyout, but something that you, that you could obviously buy your way out of as you're just kind of paying the network what they're, they're owed for the remainder of the contract. Gotcha. I know we won't know the nature of Clemson's football program in 2036, but like, do you ever think it would be in their best interest to like, where, where do you think they would go if anywhere? Like the SEC, I can't imagine them. You think they would go to the SEC? I don't, I can't 100%. see that. Just for money alone. A hundred percent. And I mean, I if you like think they, like culturally, like being in the South, it makes they, sense, but I feel like the ability to win would just be, I mean, they dominate well, the ACC. That's Oklahoma. Why did Oklahoma leave? Oklahoma had the best setup ever in the Big 12. Right? They they were, since 2000, they were competing for the national championship because they were always a Big 12 title contender. And they I almost view SEC. Oklahoma, weirdly enough, like a better mizzou when mizzou made the transition that like hey we're gonna have some down years but ultimately we're gonna become a better football school because of this because we're just not hitting that tier level that we want to clemson though is already doing that and they're in a smaller conference that's like my kind of gripe with that i would argue the acc is bigger than the big 12 uh yeah but i do i do agree that clemson is uh, a lot closer to the peak than Oklahoma is right now. Yeah. On a national would, scale, they've traditionally done, have been way more successful than in Oklahoma. People uh, forget, uh, no, okay, this is Notre Dame boys. Oklahoma has a worse point differential than Notre Dame in the college football playoff. Just tell your friends, yeah. tell your, tell I everybody mean, you know. As shameless Notre Dame fans, there are a few teams that have a worse <laughs> point differential than the Irish. Yep. But uh, they – I, I think that depends on how far back you look, though, because Oklahoma, like the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry uh, of yeah. yesteryear with the black shirt Nebraska defense, like Oklahoma is a more traditional football school than Clemson. Oklahoma would be considered a blue blood in more like college football historians' minds than Clemson is. 
that, that's why the SEC wanted them. That's a big national traditional brand that um, historically is elite. Only recently have they had um, some uh, lack of success. And I even think it depends on what you define as lack of success because it wasn't that. It was 2018 when they were playing Georgia in the Rose Bowl in the semifinals in the probably the best college football playoff game to date, minus maybe TCU Michigan. And that, that was 20. That was I would say I would say lack of success in college. If we're going to be real as real college football fans, is you're not one of the top three teams in the country. Well, I I also think that's relatively new, and that's a that's a mindset that's developed with the playoff, right? Like. <sighs> It used to be. I think the, we've always known, though. We've always had a sense. We've just not – a lot of us have not been able to admit it, and I think part of that is probably because we are Notre Dame fans and we were that team for a long time. I think we believed for a long time. Um, so we might have had a little bit of contextual bias with it, but I think for the most part college football has known that there's levels even in the college football playoff of yeah, I, tiers. Yeah. I, I definitely don't disagree that there are uh, tiers of uh, competitiveness, if you will. But what I do think is new and has changed, and I think the playoff has a lot of good things about it, especially the expanded playoff. But one of the things that it's done is caused like a seismic gap between the tiers that didn't used to exist. Like, I don't know, you take like 15 years ago, mid 2000s if you were i don't know texas it uh you you always wanted to win a national championship sure but you cared a lot about winning the big 12 and going to the sugar bowl Mm -hmm. like that was a that was a uh goal that you had at the beginning of the season that wasn't just in name that was something that was considered a highly successful season and now a lot of those schools um they say it's a goal and they say that they want to win their conference, but they don't care the same way that they did pre playoff. Like the BCS used to be a huge deal. And, and now it's, now it's not because now everybody wants to make the playoff. It it gives this like false sense of, well, now the door's open. Anyone can win it. When in reality, like what, there's maybe 15 or 16 teams that have a legitimate chance to compete for a national title. And in the NIL era, there's probably 16 teams that could ever compete for a national championship, barring like a generational change. Because in the NIL era, the rich are only going to get richer. And the teams at the top are only going to continue to separate between the teams, even in the top 10. Like, look at the difference between what Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and Georgia have done post playoff and really post NIL era compared to everyone else. Uh, like I completely agree with you, Stan, it, it, you're not considered successful unless you're in the top three, but that's from the perspective of teams that are in the other 15, like the Oklahoma's yeah. and the Notre Dame's and the Texas A&M's and the, like those school and the Michigan and Ohio state, like they only consider themselves successful if they're in that top four but only really ohio state out of any of those teams has consistently recruited and played at a top four level 
you know, that was something that came up with the Big 12. So Colorado's leaving and coming to the Big 12. The Big 12, in a lot of people's opinions, has done a phenomenal job saving their conference, right? Like they go out and they get what they considered was the best of the rest in the four teams that they just added this year. Uh, at a time that people thought when Texas OU left, the uh, Big 12 was going to completely disband. But uh, some people would argue that uh, the Big 12 teams, the soon-to-be 15 teams, in the, or the 13 teams in the Big 12, none of them are really set up to compete for a national championship. Yeah, TCU was there this year, but nobody thought. The TCU this year was 2012 Notre Dame that won a incredibly fluky great game against Michigan in the semifinals. Like nobody thought TCU had a real chance, right? Like we all wanted them to have a chance, but nobody thought they were actually going to go out and compete with Georgia. And it was in a very similar way to 2012 Notre Dame, Alabama, a, a pretty nice look in the mirror and saying, this is where our program is. And this is where university of Georgia is. And look at the gap. I think that's that's what makes the ACC question so interesting. So the Big 12, I think, acknowledges that. And the, the Big 12 has a great product of football. I think people genuinely enjoy watching the teams in the new Big 12. And, and that'll never go away. And that's what makes college football so special. Because if you took a division in the NFL and said, hey, none of these teams are good enough to win a Super Bowl, but they're fun to watch, nobody would watch them. That's, what, that's, what the, that's the pageantry and the tradition and the rivalries that make college football so fun. Hey, but, man, TCU showed out. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a TCU fan. Uh, but they, think, they did the job. They did the job they needed to do. They, hey, getting to the national championship, I think, was a win for TCU. No I doubt. Think they did not was. expect to get there. No, 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 nobody expected them to get there. Uh, but, but my point is nobody, nobody telling the honest truth thought that they had a real chance to go out and beat Georgia in that game. Right. Mm-mm. And, and that, that, that's that game a, was based the, – the, the argument is that that game was basically decided when Ohio State missed the kick. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Unfortunately, that, like that, that was who won the national championship was that game. But I, I think that's what makes the, uh, the ACC question so interesting, though. So you look at the Big 12 and – they've got teams that are fun to watch that are what make college football so special, but they don't have any, they don't have a perennial blue blood that has the resources and the setup and the tradition and the recruiting to be ready to compete for a national championship. Certainly not any time in the near future, but the ACC with, B, with, with BYU signing up. Do you ever see a world where Notre Dame finally joins the conference? Yes, I do. I think that's what I'm getting at. The, uh, the ACC does, though. The ACC has Clemson and Florida State and Miami, teams that are have all of those things. They have the blue blood tradition. They have the recent success. They've got the the resources set up on campus, the multi-million dollar investment. But they... Uh, they don't have the same TV leverage that the Big Ten and the SEC do. And so when I think it's inevitable, the ACC disbands when those big names leave, then Notre Dame's not going to have a choice. You're talking straight up disband or like shell of its former self? I'm talking 
shell of it so similar to the Big 12 shell okay. of its former okay. self. But what, what's going to happen gotcha. is, I think, what's going to happen is those two uh, conferences, the Big 10 plus now like USC and UCLA, and the SEC plus Texas and Oklahoma, they're not done expanding. And so once they absorb the blue bloods from those places, when Duke and North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, leave and uh, Clemson and Florida State and Miami leave, then those the power two, if you will, like the the Big Ten Fox Conference and the ESPN uh, ABC SEC Conference, those two are going to be like the AFC and the NFC and the NFL, they're going to split off and they're going to have their own championship. They're going to be so far away from everyone else that people are going to come to the conclusion that it's not fair to drag these other two. Like, like Tulsa, where my best friend played, like they're never going to compete for a national championship with the way college football is set up right now. Never. As much as Tulsa fans would want to see it. Like I just made the argument TCU's not so sure shit Tulsa's not you know, and when when that happens and there's the power two Notre Dame's gonna have to be in one of those conferences. Sorry, that that was quite the rant, but I was I've been thinking about that oh, for a while. Good. Like um, people really think that it's it's the beginning of the end, and it probably is. It's not gonna happen you know this year or next year, but. I just I don't see a world in which that doesn't happen, unless I'm missing something. Unless you guys do. I mean, with those I, big I moves think there are... that happened recently, you're right. I mean, I I would agree. I'm sorry, Jimmy. No, no. Um, I I think there are two things that deciding factors on if Notre Dame can stay independent. It's if NBC were to pay us enough money that is similar to a conference, so if we could continue to have revenue for the athletic department. But the, the biggest one is availability of scheduling. If these, if, if these two massive conferences do come into, into play, do any of those teams play other teams outside their conference, right? Or do they have a full conference schedule? Um, if they only play each other, Notre Dame is going to be left out in the cold and they'll have to join a conference. Um, but if Notre Dame could find a way to con- continue to actually have a real schedule, you know, not just playing group of five teams or, or lower tier teams, I think they would still try to stay independent, you know? So I think it's if NBC kept paying them enough money and they still had access to scheduling and they still had access to a playoff, I think Notre Dame would hang on for as long as they could. But I think the access to scheduling is going to be the biggest issue. grow. Yeah. I, I think access to scheduling is interesting. You know, we saw that in COVID they were very willing to give up their independence to play a full schedule. I know COVID's different, but it, it, at the very least, it was a sign that Notre Dame, there is a price for independence. You know, if there is some price out there for independence. Uh, I think that the uh, competing for national championships is also really interesting. Uh, you know, I think when Notre Dame joins a conference, it's going to be when that split happens and there's like a new tier between upper level division one with the the power two and lower level division one. I think as long as the current college football playoff format is set up, Notre Dame will be able to stay independent because there's a 
a committee selection system. So Notre Dame will be a worthy non-conference opponent while they're still the conferences set up the way that they are. But I, I think those two go hand in hand, the scheduling and the uh, playing for a championship. Notre Dame does lose like $12 million a year, uh, even outside of the current ACC deal. So if Notre Dame was a full-fledged member of the ACC, they would make about $10 million more a year in TV money. So their their independence does cost them some current money right now that they're completely okay with. Because my personal not-backed-up opinion on that is uh, the Irish are able to use their independent schedule to develop a national brand that more than pays for that deficit of TV money. But that only goes so far as the TV deals get crazier and crazier. Yeah, I, I think this next NBC time? deals a lot. That's right, because they, they're up for a renegotiation. I'm very, I'm going to be very interested in, the, like you said, the NBC deal, because I think it's going to show a lot of what um, – what's, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like what the casual – college football fan is thinking about Notre Dame in a way. Um, I get that there's still like the older generation that loves Notre Dame. There's still like alumni and younger alumni that still love it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to be real. Like I, whenever I talk to college football fans, it seems more often than not, there's a sentiment where they just kind of aren't Notre Dame believers like they used to be. And I think that over time, that, that I don't know if that's ESPN driven because there's like a lot of Syracuse people and stuff there, but I don't know if the love is there like it used to be. And I think it actually could affect the NBC deal. Um, as much as I want it to be there, but I think I just, if we're going to be real as fans, there needs to be some, a little bit more success, I would say, to kind of national national appeal but yeah i don't think nbc is ever gonna um give notre dame the money that's gonna put them on this on a level playing field as as some of the major conferences but i think really that's not really what they would be pressing for anyways they just want to be somewhere in the ballpark where they can still justify it based on the value they get from having something like that um and remaining independent as, as you guys were talking about, um, kind of a, a little bit changing the topic, but I think it'll be interesting to see how everything starts to shake out as we move to the expanded playoff format, because as we've been talking about, like the parody in, in the sport is only going to continue to become more and more, um, visible with, with these new media deals and the concentrating of, uh, bigger programs and in, in some of these conferences, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that looks kind of on the field and in, in this expanded playoff field. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, to your point, Jack, that's the point I, I was trying to make. I think Notre Dame is willing to give up. Uh, they consciously make the decision to take less money outside of a conference TV deal, knowing that their independence, while they don't make the same quote TV money, they make up for that in plenty of other ways in their national brand. Uh, but I think 
the expanded playoff is only going to separate the top three or four teams from the rest even further, uh, which sounds somewhat counterintuitive, right? You would think like an expanded playoff, there's more opportunity. Everybody loves a Cinderella story or a bracket buster. And it's what makes March Madness so fun, but that doesn't happen in football near to the same extent. Like when was the last time Georgia lost to somebody that they weren't supposed to? See, I don't think it's going to be a one V and eight. I think it's going to be, you're going to have a seven beat a two or a six beat a three. You're going to have some team that is third in the SEC that's going to come in and just dominate somebody who's undefeated. Like, like take, for example, like a TCU or a Michigan from this past year. Who's to say if, like, you know, the third best team in the SEC just came in there and ransacked one of those guys? I think that's where it's going to happen. Yeah, I, uh, I think you're right that it won't be – like a defending champ powerhouse Georgia that loses, it would be like a like an Alabama or an Ohio State in a year that they weren't uh, excessively dominant. But I mean, even then, like Notre Dame before this year, this past year, and not to spend too much time on Notre Dame, but Notre Dame had like a 40 game winning streak against non top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, something insane. And I, I'm not making the argument that Notre Dame belongs in the same conversation as Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia right now because they are not there yet. Uh, and whether or not they can get there is a totally different episode. But dude, those 4v5s yeah. I think are going to be so fun. There's been yeah. so many times where like the fifth team that's like been left out, I've always wondered like what they would have done. I can't wait. Like a can like well, traditional like Kansas States or like even TCUs the years they've been left out like oh man it's going to be fun. Well the the number 4 seed is interesting, right? Cuz the top 4 seeds are all conference champions. The fourth highest ranked conference champion might not be ranked in the top 10 every year d- depending on the conference, right? Big 10 probably, SEC definitely or Big Ten definitely, SEC definitely, ACC most likely, you know, Clemson, Florida State. But then fourth is going to be the Big 12 or the Pac, the PAC whatever, if it exists. You know, depending on the year, some of those teams might be ranked right around 10. So the fourth yeah. seed might really be like the 10th ranked team all of a sudden playing the fourth or fifth ranked team. So like the fourth seed will be the higher seed, but they might actually be the underdog. So there should be some interesting matchups for sure. Are they still doing this? Is I should know this. I'm sorry, as a as a sports fan, are they still doing like stadiums, like um, destination stadiums? Or are they going to try to do home field advantage? Yeah, so they um, are doing the first round. So the the top four get buys, right? Okay. Then uh, the first round, not including those, are at the higher ranked team okay and then the second round is the destination stuff the second round are taking place at the traditional new year six or old, even older bcs stadiums gotcha okay i like so, that so so the quarterfinals are at home stadiums the semifinals rotate and then the national championship game is rotating like destination site just like the current national championship game is okay that's cool i'm fine with that so uh that format I think only prolongs the inevitable with the whole like major conference realignment stuff, because 
some of those schools are smart enough to say, hey, we have a real chance here. We don't have to leave and go join. Uh, and our conference is going to be fine because we could easily be the fourth highest ranked conference champion if we're well now not even Cincinnati or Houston that they left to go to the big 12, but uh, like the pac 12, let's say everybody leaves, right? Like Arizona's the a rumor to go to the big 12 USC and UCLA are gone. Utah would be in a weird spot. Utah would say, well, shit, I could win the pac 12 and easily make it to the playoff uh, with that current format. That, um, I think just delays the inevitable, but it does delay it. Right, yeah, and I, I just checked a couple of years. Last year, the fourth highest-ranked conference champion was Clemson at seven. Um, two years ago, it was Ohio State at six. Um, we'll skip 2020 because that was the weird COVID year. Um, 2019, uh, the fourth highest-ranked champion was number four. Um, you know, so some years – Conference champions will line up one through four. Other years, that fourth team, you know, could really just be kind of an average top 10 team and not that great. Yeah. um, Those first couple years will be so interesting. Like, Remember when uh, the playoff was new and uh, in those first couple of playoff rankings, was that like 2014, 2015 season? So in the fall of 2014, like at one point in October of 2014, like Mississippi and Mississippi State were like number two and three in the country. Mm -hmm. And how that was like so new and it was like a totally different era of uh, college football. It'll be interesting to see like what, developments like that take place in the first couple of years the one i always remember like i forgot year. who i forgot who beat them out it was kansas state and and they had the same record and it came down to one of them lost to an opponent that the other one didn't lose to i always think about that oh god who was it do you know what i'm talking about pat where kansas state finished at five and the big 12 got left out was it well that was tcu there was the TCU Baylor. That was the first year uh, okay. of the playoff. Uh, and TCU dropped from, uh, I think they were sitting at. Did they three? both finish like five and six or something? It was like they just left them both out. Yes. And uh, they were trying to set a precedent and, and had a difficult time. And they. So Ohio State jumped in. Ohio State made the playoff at four and won the whole thing at four that year. But TCU was sitting at three. They played the last game of their regular season. The Big 12 at the time had no conference tournament or a conference championship game, I mean. And they whipped. I think it was Kansas State. I actually don't remember who they played, but they whipped them in the last game of the regular season. And then in the, the playoff ranking, the next playoff rankings, they dropped from three to five. And then the uh, justification from the playoff committee was that they didn't win a conference championship because there was no conference championship game. And uh, you had to evaluate the whole body of work 
which they were just basically, they were basically, they basically had Ohio state as a better team. They were just waiting for Ohio state to like finish as the conference champion before they moved them. Yeah. That was when Ohio state beat Wisconsin. Yeah. That was the big 10 championship, like 52 to nothing or something. Yeah. That was Cardell (laughs) Jones. We don't play no school. (laughs) That was that season. I was at Thanksgiving. I was at a thanks like a Thanksgiving type game for the Big Ten championship. I all, all my cousins went to Wisconsin. I just remember watching all the blood drain from their faces, and I can't remember what holiday it was. <laughs> well, it would have been the first weekend of December. Okay, maybe maybe we had a delayed Thanksgiving. Well, that wraps up the conference realignment discussion. Uh, pretty good one. Looking at the. Uh, Big dominoes that have already fallen and sort of anxiously awaiting the next one in a pretty fast-changing landscape. Um, Hopefully no more big ones until after the season's over just to keep the focus on the upcoming 2023 season. Thanks for hanging out with us. Stay tuned. The next couple of days have the NBA in-season tournament coming, and then we'll finish the week with uh, some trade deadline takes and uh, some discussion on the Rangers there. Uh, Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you tomorrow.